What's the impact of social media on organizations today? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group, and we're talking today with Jerry Meckling, an author and lecturer with the Harvard Kennedy School. Jerry, thank you so much for joining me. Delighted to be here, Tom. Just to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current work, please? Well, um, I'm a government guy, basically, Tom. I, I got started and inspired when I was quite young by Kennedy and wanted to work on big problems. And that turned out to be big problems that reformed and innovated on what government did. I worked for John Lindsay, who was the mayor of New York City. I was the budget director for Kevin White, who was a mayor in Boston. And what happened uh, around that period of time, actually, was that reforms were increasingly being influenced by information technology. And so when I went back to teach at Harvard in 1983, it was a focus on information technology, not for itself, but as a catalyst for the kind of innovation in the way government did things and related to the public that I thought was very important. Well, what's interesting, you got into the public policy at a time when social change was happening, and now we're here to talk about social media. Sounds like we're coming around to the basics. <laughs> Give us a sense. How prevalent are social media in organizations today? Well, I really think that the honest answer is that it's much more prevalent in society than it is in organizations and with the younger generation than with a generation mostly still in power. But it's clearly growing. Um, and it's growing in governments for a number of reasons that I see. One is that government really strapped for all sorts of resources finds that unlike a lot of technology-based innovation, it's inexpensive to start with blogs, with wikis, with peer-to-peer kind of communications. Uh, and it's something that it doesn't have to be forced because individuals know deep in their gut that networking is really essential to them and better tools for better networking uh, is a very natural thing. I think it's also interesting that politics recently has shown that uh, social networking tools can be enormously powerful in mobilizing an audience and a constituency, and that that uh, is going to shortly have a big impact not only on politics, but on how leaders in government think about how they can get things done. And so there's potential here that's very significant. So we hear about this certainly a lot through our banking, our government, our health care audience. That, you know, the, the cat's sort of out of the bag in their organizations. They've got people that are you know, doing blogs and wikis. They're logging into Facebook or LinkedIn. Give us a sense from your experience. How have social media started to change the way that we do business? Well, again, um, let me start from the basics. It has started. I think there's more hype and hope than there is reality and I think that's really true when you look at all of technology and all of what government does it tends to start by automating and changing only a little bit what we've already done and this whole shift to online not inline 24 by 7 from any place with services been a big deal but it hasn't changed too much how the innards of government really work so with social media what we're getting is an ongoing tension between controlling what we already have learned to do through the hierarchy and then running around the hierarchy and outside of the hierarchy into the larger networks to find new ideas or to mobilize a group when, the, when we really think the hierarchy and channels are wrong. 
And there's more and more recognition that success depends upon innovation. Innovation depends upon a network. And so governments are looking to experiment and to try to understand this, but it hasn't had too big an impact yet on the real meat and potatoes of government production and service delivery. I think it's powerful and potential. I think the campaigns have shown that, and the interest that we're seeing is showing that, but the big change is still for the future. Now, you talked about how this is really bubbling up from sort of the younger generation of employees, and certainly I'm a father of a teenager, and I know that this is the way that my, <laughs> the way my daughter and her friends live their lives. And they yes. But do business leaders, do government leaders, really get it when it comes to the potential impact of social media? Uh, again, some do, and a lot don't. And there's uh, a sometimes unspoken but pretty near the surface worry among anyone in control of large groups of people that the social media is really a movement and movements go out of control. It's not the hierarchy. It's not that you can uh, approve in advance everything that's said. The energy comes from peer-to-peer sharing of ideas and interactions that may mean somebody pretty far down in the organization is going to say something that seems to commit the institution to something that's either legally wrong or politically wrong. And historically, the bureaucracies have been slow, partly because they want to vet those ideas and carefully present one idea to the public. So there's a lot of people who are saying, is it worth the risk? Uh, is it out of control? And in certain areas, certainly when you're looking for new ideas, or maybe in the business world, what's, what's very important is the recognition that the ability to really find and capture the long tail, the fact that an Amazon and a Netflix don't make most of their money off the really hot sellers, but by aggregating lots of smaller uh, producer finds consumer over uh, Amazon or over Netflix, the, the small movie that wasn't seen by uh, the huge masses becomes in the aggregate a real uh, ability now. And partly that's because technology in general, uh, search engines like Google and the matching algorithms behind the scenes in, in the large users of Amazon and Netflix, those are powerful. But by opening up customers to deal with other customers, citizens to deal with other citizens, there's a huge amount of informal back and forth that is creating some value and people are trying to understand where is it, what is it, what is it useful for, and that's all in the background of, and some of that sounds dangerous. You used a key word a few minutes ago, Jerry, and that was risks. What are some of the inherent security risks that organizations are going to have to mitigate to really maximize the, uh, the, the power of social media? Well, a lot of the focus has gone on technological risk and technology itself, and that's important, and it needs to be continued. I'm pretty optimistic, ultimately, about the ability uh, to do that, partly because when you look at the history of technology and the enormous extra power we've been creating, you see that originally 
there really wasn't much of an economic argument for investing in operating systems and control and security from a technological point of view. Now that the Internet is the means of commerce, so much, and for governments, the need to protect is taking a cyber dimension as well as a normal military dimension. There's a lot of technical work that I think will be making great progress. The real problem that I see is the concern that leaders have and that the public has that's not resolved on the tension between privacy, security, and what can be done to control. Um, that is, on the one hand, uh, we're really worried about enemies and the vulnerability that an anonymity gives to systems where something can interact with something else and you don't know where it's come from and we know we're under strong attack all the time now. So there is a concern to solve that problem. But when solving it means we make everything visible that everybody has done forever and it sounds like, you know, um, we can never protect ourselves uh, uh, and, and have privacy the way we've come to hope we can give ourselves some freedom through that, then people are really worried. I think that that political problem is going to be solved much less rapidly than the technological problems. Well, certainly you've spent a great deal of time talking about this, writing about this, speaking with organizations. How do you see businesses and government organizations continuing to evolve as social media grow and sort of take root? Well, um, the big picture on that, where um, I see social media taking off from, is that uh, historically technology was really expensive and we could only use it to automate the pre-existing, high-volume, well-structured processes that already existed. That's why payroll was the prototypical sort of first application almost every place. The financial control systems uh, of large organizations and in large governments, that's, that's where it was at. The shift that's happened over the last 10 years and 15 years with the Internet and with browsers and with laptops and personal computing has been to recognize we can deliver anything you can digitize to people without the horrible inconvenience of having them dropping what they're doing, coming to a government, parking the car, standing in line, and finally getting told they forgot to bring the right stuff. So the big shift so far has been to online, not inline services, 24 by 7, and that sort of thing. What social media represents in my view, is an extension beyond that to not only delivering something to your employees or to the public, but interacting with them, having them co-design what needs to be delivered and co-produce it. Many services are really a dance between, you know, the barber and the person who's getting the haircut at some level, and that we are beginning to explore how to mobilize the creative energies of a lot of employees in government and a lot of constituencies of government to more effectively not consider the government as something out there in them, but to take the fundamental democratic premise, which is you are the government, 
and give them easier and more effective ways to engage with government and help identify, prioritize, and act on the many things government needs to do to protect a society. Jerry, one last question for you. I speak to lots of, of security executives today, and they acknowledge that sort of the social media cat is out of the bag, that their employees are engaging in this, that their customers are engaging in social media talking about the organizations, but now they're realizing that they have to set policy, they have to have procedures. So for organizations that are struggling to incorporate or even understand social media, where do you recommend they begin? Well, fortunately, uh, again, in comparison to the way things were 15 or 20 years ago, the, the biggest shift with technology is that as the cost came down, the time also went came, came down. I was uh, surprised and appalled, actually, more than a decade ago when in the federal government, the phrase that represented reform in the procurement system was go for 12. And what that really meant was wouldn't it be nice if we decided to buy something today that 12 months from today we could have the first unit of it finally escape from the procurement process and be usable. The average length of a federal procurement even a decade ago was three and a half years. And by that time, of course, the technology had changed to a different generation and, and all the stuff was going. The big deal now is that you can start smaller, do more things incrementally, more quickly see a real result rather than an imagined result, adjust from that, and make some reasonably evidence-based, sensible decisions to go forward. I think that that's very true for the social media and needs to be experimented with on that basis. Because it doesn't involve hundreds of millions of dollars of upfront investment and years to find out what's going on, you can see what, what peers are doing, but experiment with your own institution and its planning process and its relationship with its customers and its citizen base. And uh, I think that that's really going to be very important. One idea, for example, we all know that the real difference in the information age is we shifted from information that was scarce and very expensive to collect and hard to carry from place to place and difficult to find to just this fire hose of an incredible oversupply of information. And even though we get Google and other search engines that find things much better than I find them in my uh, mechanical files of old, even though that's true, uh, most of the information, for example, the government puts out is put out there by the people who produced it, who speak their own jargon, who have their own mission and history and laws around their particular program. And it may very well not be the way that citizens think about what they want from the government or what's available from the government. I think a, an interesting social project will be mobilizing the social networking tools to have citizens help uh, define the terms that they use in thinking about government so that they can find, so we can index and find using citizen collaborative means of identifying the information that the government has available. I think uh, that would lead a lot towards transparency and trust, and Lord knows we need that. Well, Jerry, that's well said. I appreciate your time and your insight today. 
Uh, thanks very much, Tom. I think it's an important problem and an interesting time to be on it. It's something that we haven't figured it all out yet, but it looks pretty powerful, and I'd like to hope that a lot of pretty smart and motivated people are going to work on this issue. We've been talking about social media. We've been talking with Jerry Meckling of the Harvard Kennedy School. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.